Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to Brazuca Sounds, the last episode of the year. And obviously, we spend the whole year celebrating albums. Uh, turning 50 years of release in 2022. Albums like Caetano Veloso's Transa, Milton Nascimento's Clube da Esquina, the self-titled album of Tones There, released in 1972, uh, Novos Baianos, Acabou Chorari, the last episode was Paulinho da Viola, Dança da Solidão. So in this last episode, we're going to expand a little bit more on that and we're going to celebrate to finish it off this kind of top 20 of Brazilian albums released in that particular year uh, and it's starting off in a very good fashion, one of the most celebrated albums. So obviously this record here became like a cult status, right? It was not super celebrated upon its release in Brazil in 1972. Uh, we regained some kind of celebratory status in the mid-90s, beginning of the 2000s, when various DJs and hip-hop artists like Madly, Ludacris, started to sampling music from this album. The album didn't sell at all in 1972. It was too advanced for its time, maybe. This combination of various and different elements, electric funk, jazz, psychedelia, MPB, the Brazilian popular music, right? This particular case was the opposite of popular with large string arrangements. O vento no seu rosto sopra leve, o sol this is one of those albums there are a lot of material in English available these days even the reissues of the album has like a 16 page booklet so a lot of information is available over there this song on the background is the opening of the album one of my favorites Caboclo it is sang and performed by Artur Veroca itself he also like a guitar player uh, on top of being a maestro he was a self-taught musician. He never actually studied music. So it's quite amazing how he was able to put together these very big uh, strings elements. He was centered in this mini type of orchestra that he set up in the studio with 12 violins, 4 violas and 4 cellos. You can listen to all of this in this opening track. My, my favorite song on the album, though, is a more electric one, a more like up-tempo kind of song, Presente de Grego. A lot of brass arrangements. And many of the musicians in this album, they are just absolutely great studio musicians at the time, just like the great Oberdan Magalhães, who later on who would start his own band, Banda Black Hill. Paulo Moura, the sax player, is also like a phenomenal maestro. So everything was put together in a very nice way. It's one of those records that you really need to listen to on uh, headphones if you can. And after that, Arthur Verakai kind of like never released an album again for more than 40 years. He really was dissatisfied with the repercussion of the album, so he transitioned himself to the marketing and advertising, writing many, many jingles for Brazilian companies and also soundtracks for many soap operas at the time. Uh, this album was released upon the record label Continental. It was the mainstream label in Brazil, mostly attached to mainstream artists. 
and really pop music in Brazil. It was just because of Celia, the singer that convinced the record label executives to actually hire Arthur Verakai to actually put out an entire record. Celia is actually heard on this album performing in one of the songs, a very short song called Seriado. So Celia was more or less the queen of this record label, The Continental. By the way, she released two fantastic records, also produced and arranged by Arthur Verokai. So there was a connection. And obviously, a lot of other connections we can make with the work of Arthur Verokai. And one of these connections is the next album we're going to showcase here. Quarteto in C was pretty much like a vocal group in Brazil in the 1960s, formed by four sisters, Siva, Sinara, Sibeli, and Silene, hence the name Quarteto, Quartet, and C. The group was from Bahia, was pretty much discovered by the Bossa Nova legend Vinicius de Moraes. So they ended up going to states where they established themselves there singing a lot of this boosting of standards, so it was very easily to establish themselves in America. So this is the record of when they returned to Brazil, and I mean then is mostly Siva, the lead singer here. Uh, two of the sisters, they left the band actually, so when they came back, it was only Siva, Sinara, and two new uh, members, Sonia and Dorinha Tapajós. Dorinha, by the way, was the sister of Paulinho Tapajós, one of the main music partners of Arthur Verocai that I was talking about before. They even have like a, a single put out together, Dorinha and Paulinho Tapajós, produced and arranged by Arthur Verocai. They were mostly performers, right? So the record opened with Quando o Carnaval Chegar, the song on the background, written by Chico Buarque. The song was also available in an album from the same year, a movie soundtrack provided by Chico Buarque, Maria Bethânia, and Nara Leão. What a trio! So if you want to listen to this song in a different version, you can look it up for that record, which is also phenomenal from 1972. But probably the most famous song on this album, it is their version of Tudo Que Você Podia Ser. from the album Clube da Esquina. So this version here became immensely popular because it was sampled by Kanye West in one of his uh, B-sides. Uh, this was all before Kanye West became a little bit crazy, right? So he was still not cancelled uh, at the time. And this particular record of Quarteto in Si was well put together, a great session of musicians to encapsulate this involvement with the Clube da Esquina is the guitarist Nelson Angelo from Minas Gerais, very active in that circle. And the next album here, our transition, it is actually a Nelson Angelo album, a duet with his then wife, uh, Joyce. 
this record here and also Angelo and Joyce like a duo fusing like bossa nova and acoustic psychedelic uh, folk rock a lot of different arrangements that kind of incorporate nature sounds it's very interesting psychedelic folk record as I said also very good to listen to on headphones and their voices also kind of interlude to each other, right? The magical voice of Joyce. So this record was actually recorded before the Club da Esquina and released after a little bit on the fame and notoriety of that particular record. And you can see some similarities, right? Like this bucolic spirit from the region, from Minas Gerais, from like a country culture uh, state in Brazil at the time where everything was mostly revolved around Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo. This was a little bit different, right? This was more like farmlands. This was like a very different uh, mantra and nature type of music. I strongly recommend going after this record. And in that collective circle, obviously a very important part, it was also Low Borges. Nelson Angelo also plays in that Low Borges debut record from 1972, the Sneakers record. So Clube da Esquina was pretty much like a split record between Milton Nascimento and this guy here, Lou Borges. He was only 20 years old. So the record label at the time, Odeon, really decided to capitalize on the success of Clube da Esquina and kind of hired uh, Lou Borges to record his own uh, personal record. It's technically his debut record on his own name. So, and he didn't have much time to do it, like only week, 10 days, stuff like that. So pretty much the entire record, it was just like written on the spot. As the story goes, pretty much low barges will come with a lot of melodies during the morning time and then going into the studio during the afternoon where his brother, also a member of the collective, Marcio Borges, would come up with some lyrics. Sometimes low barges will come with lyrics and then south. And many of the guys from Clube da Esquina play on the record. Uh, Beto Gadges, obviously, Toninho Horta, mostly the the guitar players and the bass players from Clube da Esquina play on this record. It is just a phenomenal. There's very obviously connections with Clube da Esquina, just like with the song on the background, right? Eu Sou Como Você, probably the most famous song on this particular record here. And it became also kind of like a hype internationally, especially when the guy there from the Arctic Monkeys uh, listed this record on his top five upon the release of one of his latest uh, albums. And as I said, right, as this record was like being recorded very quickly, sometimes they didn't have time to put any lyrics, so there's a lot of uh, instrumental pieces as well. One of my favorite tracks on the record is actually an instrumental piece called Fio da Navalha. 
album cover here, the photographer Kathy was this very same guy who also uh, shot the iconic cover of Clube da Esquina. In this particular case here is just like low Borges sneakers like Adidas. The album has no name, right? It's self-titled, but everybody knows in Brazil as Disco do Tênis, which means like the tennis album more or less and as you probably know this story as well after this record here Lo Borges decided to disappear from the music business he really took off uh, to Bahia to live like as a hippie right just smoking pot uh, he really was not interested to have that entire circus of media and tours so he really took off he only came in 1979 so seven years later when he put out his second album not as good as this one here from 1972 that being said i'm gonna show a very obscure record that has connection with both main figures in 1972 and on this show arthur verakai and Clube da esquina Recebemos o um mandato de vivermos lado a lado, de fazermos o amor até morrer. So this is a duo called Ana Maria e Maurício. A very obscure endeavor here, international or even in Brazil. Uh, they have like a very interesting backing band here, like this song of the background, for instance, is produced and arranged by Arthur Verakai, the master that I started the show. And this record has a little bit of everything. I would even argue it's like a pop record. Has a little bit of a Brazilian folk, has a little bit of a Brazilian samba. Astonishing beat, like a, what a groove that I even saw recently in a mixtape provided by DJ Paulo Santos. Strongly recommend, shout out to him. And obviously, The main song on the album is also a cover written by Lou Borges for the Clube da Esquina record. Coisas que a gente se esquece de dizer Frases que o vento vem às vezes me lembrar Coisas que ficaram muito tempo por dizer Na canção As you can see, recording covers of very successful records was a thing in Brazil, even in the same year, right? The record would be famous in 1972, and on that same year, we probably would see many of those songs recorded in other records, not only obscure artists like this one in the background, but big names as well, like Elis Regina. So this is the song Nada Será Como Antes from the Clube da Esquina record here performed by Elise Regina in her 1972 record Elise, also known as the Disco da Cadeira, the chair record because she's obviously sitting on a chair with her white dress the little pepper Elise Regina that she started off her 1970s really changing her style a little bit coming away from the Bossa Nova in two records produced by Nelson Mota this is the following record when Elise Regina went through a very gruesome breakup with her former partner Ronaldo Boscoli and then she remarried 
like the arranger and pianist Cesar Camargo Mariano, who provides the production aspect of this record here. It's a very low-key type of record, almost like a piano hotel bar, very lounge type of record, some kind of like Ella Fitzgerald type of album. There are actually two songs from Clube da Esquina, not only this on the background, but also the music and those two, Milton Nascimento and Elise Regina, she actually once even said famously that if God could sing, he would have a voice of Milton Nascimento. So this record here is more like for like a rainy Saturday morning type of thing, right? But obviously also became extremely famous because of Elisa Gina's version of one of the most popular Brazilian songs of all time, Aguas de Março. Tom Jobim, the writer, had recorded before in like a single that was not very prominent in Brazil, so a big household name like Elise Regina really made the song become very, very famous. Like Aguas de Março, The Waters of March. Uh, this in Brazil is like a, an expression, right? That means the waters of March, the close, the summertime, which doesn't make any sense for the North Hemisphere of the world, because in March, it's actually the end of winter time. So when they translated the lyrics of the songs into English, they actually translated as Waters of March. It is the end of the strain. Which, to be quite honest, there's not the same feeling at all. São as águas de março fechando o verão É a promessa de vida no teu coração É pau, é pedra, é o fim do caminho É um resto de toco é um pouco sozinho, é uma cobra, é um pau, é João, é José, é um espinho na mão, é um corte no pé, são as águas de março fechando o verão, é a promessa de vida no teu coração. É Afterwards, uh, the song became even more famous as a duet between Elis Regina and the composer Tom Jobim in their Do It album of 1974, but I personally like this version here even more, it's more straightforward, but that's just my opinion. Talking about now another fantastic female singer in Brazil, Elza Soares. Elsa Suarez is back to Brazil in 1972 after some time in Italy where she went with her then husband, the football player Gaincha, one of the best of all time, obviously. They started a relationship when Garrincha was still a married man, so Elsa Suarez really had to kind of take off the Brazil to not to have to deal with all the the very narrow-minded society in Brazil at the time, which is still the case 50 years later. And when she returned, it was like a bombshell. This is the record called Elsa Pede Passagem, where she mixed it up samba, which was her main thing, but also adding some pinch of funk and soul music that was starting to be prominent in Brazil in that time with Tim Maia, Tony Tornado, and obviously Don Salvador, which it is the main arranger of uh, piano accords in this record here, not only him, but his band as well. It is the opposite of Elise Regina, right? If that one that I was showing before it was for a rainy Saturday morning, this is from like a sunny Sunday afternoon 
making your barbecue with a bunch of beers in the background, reuniting your friends, dancing around. very important album released in 1972 is the debut record from Jardis Macalé. Uh, Jardis Macalé had a big contribution in the album Transa by Caetano Veloso, also released in 1972, but he only had two weeks to record, so he kept very simple as a power trio. It was Jardis Macalé mostly on the guitar and lead vocals. Plus Lenny Gordon, which is like this main figure in the Tropicalia movement as a guitarist, but here mostly he plays the bass, plus the drummer Tucci Moreno also play in Transa by Caetano Veloso. So there are some similarities between those two albums, although obviously Jardis Macalé is way more experimental. He was going offshore, more or less, experimenting with more rock and roll, blues, jazz, so all the songs go all over the place. And obviously the record is also heavily relied on the lyrics, non-conformists. So he had a bunch of poets as a friend, modern musicians. So we have Capinã, Torquato Neto, and very much unlike Caetano Veloso and his album Transa, which became some kind of a failure, lack of recognition of his work, which is very unfair, supreme record from top to bottom. You should definitely go after if you never heard about Jardim Macalé. super easy to get into it, but when you do, it's well worth it, especially his debut record, as I said, from 1972. And that being said, we're going to transition from a guy who was a big failure in terms of commercial success to a guy, obviously, who's one of the main Brazilian artists of all time, and in 72 he recorded his transitional album. novamente ele chegou com inspiração Amor com emoção, com explosão, gol Sacudindo a torcida aos 33 minutos so as I said, it was some kind of a transitional record for Jorge Ben. It was his ninth record already, and it was the first after the trilogy with the backup band Trio Mokoto, and right before Atabo de Esmeraldas, uh, considered by many other people his masterpiece. Uh, so we don't even have the musicians credited for this album, maybe by coincidence, maybe not. And this album here that's only called Ben, uh, which is pretty much inspired by the Michael Jackson movie from the same year, right? 
the Georgie band is mostly known as the chair record, just like Elise Regina, because Georgie band is just sitting on a chair, all dressed in white. But for all the great songs that we have, there are actually only a few hits. The major exceptions, as I said, is Fio Maravilha. Fio Maravilha faz mais um pra gente ver. Here presented in an extremely laid-back, downbeat interpretation. This song has other versions that are way more up-tempo. The entire lyrics of the song it is paying tribute to a football player, Phil. But unfortunately, later on, Phil actually started a lawsuit against Georgie Ben, and hence the song was changed the name to Filio. And obviously, the other great hit on this album is the closing track, Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal. This is like our earliest version of Taj Mahal, uh, which at that point was almost entirely instrumental, right? Like it's very different from the Taj Mahal more up-tempo that people are probably know from his album Africa Brasil. And obviously also is very famous because allegedly Rod Stewart accidentally committed a plagiarize. It is actually the most up-tempo version of Tamahau, like that Rod Stewart made into Do You Think I'm Sexy? So anyway, this particular record is not even the George Benz top three of that decade, but you know, every single record released by him in the 1970s are worthwhile. And this particular one here was actually also produced by Paulinho Tapajós, came to produce like six or seven albums of George Ben. Paulinho Tapajós, by the way, already mentioned, brother of Norinha from Quarteto NC, and big music partner of Artur Verocai. In fact, the very first song ever recorded by Artur Verocai was like co-written with Paulinho Tapajós. And that being said, we're going to transition to our next album, also talking about another Tapajós, but this one has nothing to do with the family. Sebastião Tapajós, one of the best acoustic guitar players in Brazilian music history, had like a vast and long discography. He put out probably more than 40 records. This particular record here uh, is from 1972, and it was actually put out by a label in Argentina. And this is like a split record, it's like a duet of Sebastião Tapajós and Pedro dos Santos, the very famous percussionist in Brazil. So there's a volume one and volume two, both released in the same year. And the repertoire here is vastly composed of music from Brazilian standards. There are some songs written by Sebastião Tapajós and Pedro Santos themselves, so obviously the album is entirely instrumental. There's a very good set of combination between the guitar and the percussion elements, like this speaking style that I really like very much. Thank you. 
his name Tapajós, as I said, has nothing to do with the family, right? Paulinho, Tapajós, and Norinha, and Mauricio. So he's nicknamed after a river there, the hill Tapajós, which borders the Amazon River, because it comes from the north region of Brazil. Uh, and Pedro dos Santos, obviously, right, very famous by his iconic record, uh, Krishnanda, from some years earlier. So maybe these two records here are not as iconic as that one, but at the same time, it's unnecessarily overlooked. These two are phenomenal records, especially if you like instrumental music. record here is also recorded as a duo So the duo here are from Pernambuco, the northeast state, is Alceu Valença and also Geraldo Azevedo. Uh, it is literally their very first record. Uh, originally, the arrangements for this record was supposed to be made by Hermeto Pascual. It didn't work out because of the schedule, so ended up being produced and arranged by Rogério Duprá, also very famous by his experiments with the Tropicalia movement. And this record here goes in a very different direction, it's a very psychedelic folk kind of record, but also very experimental because Rogério Duprá, he was trying this new available system, right? The quadraphonic system, like, which was like the four channels all recorded by four different speakers that was made available mostly and became famous because of the Pink Floyd, where supposedly you also have to have four different speakers to play all those songs to fully experience the music. Today, as we know, as the surround system at the time was known as the quadraphonic. to a lot of misconceptions about the name of this record, which is just self-titled, but the name Quadraphonic is so big on the cover that a lot of people just call the record Quadrofonico, right, the Portuguese name. And as I said, it's like a pretty much psychedelic folk record with all this duet of acoustic guitars are the primary thing on this record and also the voices and the lyrics but there's also this like percussive elements they are very very good this particular song here is called novena it's absolutely beautiful so many different elements going so many different transitions in the song Oh, 
This is the group MPB4. Right, MPB is the name of popular Brazilian music. This acronym. So all those guys, Caetano Veloso, Gilberto Gil, Chico Buarque and whatnot, were classified as MPB, and quatro it is the number, right? Four, so that's the quartet MPB4. The songs that actually made Ice Splash were two covers, one uh, of San Vicente from the album Clube da Esquina, again and again, right? One more song from that album recorded in a different record in the year of 1972, and they were pretty much the backup band of Chico Buarque as well, like they were pretty much like the guys responsible for all the backing tracks on the album Construção, and this is their solo endeavor released in 1972, the album Cicatrizes. The song Partido Alto that was originally put it out on the record Quando o Carnaval Chegar that I mentioned here before, it was like a soundtrack released by Chico Buarque, Nara Leon, and Maria Bethânia. This song here is exactly the same, right? The two songs are in two different records with exactly same recording. Deus é um cara gozador, adora brincadeira. Gosta me jogar no mundo, tinha o mundo inteiro. Mas achou muito engraçado, me bota cabreiro. It is pretty much like a samba ensemble in a vocal group, right? All the four members of MPB4, they are mostly like percussionists, so much so that the rest of the, the elements on this record were recorded by the trio Azimut, right? The bass player Alex, the keyboardist uh, Beltrami, and the drummer Ivan Mamon Conti. This record is extremely attached with the Brazilian dictatorship at the time. Almost every song here is a diss on the military regime, and it's very amazing how many of these songs actually passed the censorship at the time, and there are some even funny stories about it, how one of these songs actually made it. Quando um muro separa uma ponte une Se a vingança encara o remorso pune Você vem, me agarra, alguém vem, me solta Cesar Pinheiro, which was not part of the band, it was just like a songwriter, and he challenged the band to record the song if that song would surpass the censorship. And what he did, it was actually to include that song in a file by the singer Agnaldo Timóteo, which was not a guy at all related to any political stances, so the military regime would not even check it out. Hence, the song made into the album, despite the fact it was like a clear protest against the military regime, it was not even subtle, right? It was like a direct attack. And presumably the only reason these guys were not arrested at a time after being put it out it was because the song never made any splash into any radio station, so he only became this kind of like piece of music history in Brazil. Por aí, eu e meu cachorro Olha o verso, olha o outro Olha o velho, olha o moço chegando Que medo você tem de nós Olha aí Alegre, 
On to the next, this is an artist called Odair José, very obscure for the international audience, but super mainstream in Brazil, at least in the beginning of the 1970s. So much so that after his two first records, he was very much approached by many different record labels, and he ended up signing with the Polydor record label with the condition that he could do whatever he wanted with his album. Uh, Odair José was pretty much attached in the beginning with the Jovem Guarda, done by Roberto Carlos and Erasmo Carlos. He wanted to do something different at the time, so he selected a band that was very obscure at the time. Now these days, again, it is the trio Azimut who ended up being his backup band here. José Roberto Bertrami as the pianist, Alex Malheiros in the bass, and Ivan Conti, a.k.a. Mamão. And as I said, Odair José was like mainstream music. Very good example of Brazilian pop music at the time. This is like a good way to start. Uh, in 1973, when Caetano Veloso went back to Brazil, they played together in this music festival called Fono 73, which the idea was to really encourage this uh, very unusual duets. And Odair José was extremely booed at the time but the intellectual audience mostly composed as university students and when was the time of Caetano Veloso to hit the stage he really came hard on the audience there was so classist and elitist according to Caetano Veloso <laughs> Feito, chegamos ao fim. Vai ser bom pra você, mas será bem melhor para mim. So what are you saying? Those odd things that can be cheesy, but at the same time very well done. This particular record sold more than 200,000 copies with songs like this one in the background. You gotta think about our children. So many of the songs have these weird names, mostly about breakups and relationships. Like I said before, this is like a pop rock of prime quality from Brazil. Normally the international audience doesn't have much contact with it. Odair José is the name of the figure behind the album. And to finish it off, also kind of a pop rock record, but this one by the great Erasmo Carlos. Daquela porta Você vai ver Como é que são as coisas Como é que estão as coisas Sei Que o mundo pesa Muitos quilos So Erasmo Carlos recently passed away, right? Just a month ago Was one of the biggest household names in Brazilian music history with probably more than 50 songs in Brazilian songbook in partnership with his music partner Roberto Carlos and this is the 1972 Erasmo Carlos record the successor of Carlos Erasmo, the last year I showed you here in its entirety, when that particular record completed 50 years, now it is this one, Sonhos e Memórias, Dreams and Memories, and it's a record about nostalgia and reminiscing, it's probably the more laid-back record ever put it out by Erasmo Carlos, all these tracks are very like low-key, like ballads, I would say it's some kind of like soft rock, steely dance style, but obviously better. And guess who's the backup band on this record? Once again, it is the trio mostly known as Azimut. 
For many, many people, this is the epitome of Erasmo Carlos' career, this particular record here. I very much prefer the earliest one, uh, as I said, uh, Carlos Erasmo, but this Sonhos e Memórias is also pretty much there in the top three on my shelf of Erasmo Carlos' record. This particular song in the background is one of my favorites. It's called Grillos with all this little Hawaiian guitar. So yeah, rest in peace, the great Erasmo Carlos one of the best Brazilian artists of all time. And that being said, we finish it off. These Brazuca sounds here celebrating a bunch of records that turned 50 because they were all released in 1972. This was the last Brazuca sounds of the year. Uh, thank you very much for following me around during 2022. You can go on Spotify, there is like a playlist there called Brazuca Sounds Podcast Soundtrack. Happy holidays, everybody. See you next year. Todo mundo, todo mundo está chegando só para ver o sorriso dela. De pessoas na janela só pra ver o sorriso dela. This was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Música